my brother and I had quite the active imaginations from <laughs> creating our own Chinese restaurant where my parents were the guests to uh, thinking we were going to have our own uh, privately owned roller skating rink in the backyard and people were going to pay to access this cracked, angled slab of concrete to thinking we were... Uh, going to grow up to be these secret agents, these spies, and we would watch my parents in the house, or if we were outside in good weather, we were watching strangers on the street. We would pretend that uh, we had these gadgets or watches on our wrists that we could talk into to speak to each other. Oh, if the young me even knew that Apple watches were going to exist one day, I would be beside myself. Who or what is your source for that claim? Okay, well, what are your credentials? Why are you questioning the elites or the experts? Leave it to the authorities in this field. Just stay in your lane. Hey, it's Seeking Plum. When we've gained knowledge or even inspiration from someone else or another source, I think it's important that we give credit where credit is due. But when we come up with questions and we want to ask them, I don't think it's unfair that we do pose those questions. When I say we, I don't mean just someone who is outside of a particular field. I mean someone who is in a field, outside of a field, with a higher education, without higher education. I mean we as in the human race, any one of us. Our backgrounds, our age, none of that makes any difference. Because in the questions that we ask, we challenge we challenge everything that is thought and believed to push ourselves further, ourselves as a society further. I've referenced this fact before in Alan Lightman's book, The Accidental Universe, how he met with several other people of different backgrounds, whether it was philosophy or science or religion, and all of these people together having conversations spurred intelligent dialogue it challenges the prescribed notion of what is or what should be. Even a child asking a question, we might say, well, that's just a silly question or it's coming from a child, so what could they have to contribute? But they might inspire something, they might see something completely different that we in our ruts may not have seen. I think there's also this danger of when somebody has an education or an understanding, knowledge, etc., that we don't have, to put that person on a pedestal above us, that it creates this hierarchy that is not necessarily valid. That person is also human and fallible, just as we are. I think too that by challenging the status quo, we are helping each other to deviate in our thinking, something that we we may have lost from when we were children and don't do enough of when we have grown into adults. Not saying that we don't do it, but that we could do more of, benefit more from. Hey, Seeking Plum. There must have been a reason I decided to see how you were doing and that I'm on this uh, channel of mine. I love to share or my fondest memory because um, it's appropriate for this um, audio platform and I spent 
so much time doing it. I don't even know. I just remember it was something that I did because my mother was very protective of me and I wasn't allowed to play outside. She didn't think safe and keep me away from boys and things like that because I developed quite early, to be quite honest. Anyway, so um, I had loads of Barbies. I had like a corner of my room just set up for Barbies and um, like set out a whole kind of apartment house thing with Barbie and her neighbors. But I remember spending hours using a tape recorder recording the sound to accompany these very kind of grown-up scenarios that Barbie would get herself into. And the one I remember really well is that Barbie was pregnant and her mother threw her out. And I had the audio of her trying to find another place to live and she was walking the street and I you know had the sound of tapping walking and knocking on the door and saying oh help me I have no place to go and I loved doing it. and then I would put music in in the background to relay how she was feeling I just wish I had those cassettes but thanks for taking me down that walk because I spent literally hours in very complicated setup doing that so I guess it was a pre-face to my love for audio now. Thanks again. Chapeau Claudette. I know I've talked about this in the past. I just can't remember if it was here or on someone else's uh, a station slash podcast, but the idea that education over the last, say, hundred years has been designed to create compliant citizens in the past, we needed a very different type of workforce for a different economy. Way back, it was more factory-oriented, so we needed citizens to be pretty much cookie-cutter, popping out and doing as required. And if they didn't, you sent them back to relearn how they needed to carry on. Seth Godin gets into this a bit more on his podcast Akimbo and the episode entitled The Long Term on the 22nd of May at about the 21 minute mark. And he talks about how we train students to fit in, to get good grades, to be compliant. And that's pretty much most of their day. The irony to me is that I'm sharing this with you, that Seth Godin's opinion is X, Y, Z, and this is what he's shared. And yet, I have thought about the same things, come to the same conclusions, would have told you almost verbatim, but somehow that's not enough, not in today's day and age. He definitely offers some more valuable information there, but somehow referring to another person and their opinion, their take on it, I guess offers credence, some sort of validity. Okay, back to the topic of education. As technology is continuing to advance, it's becoming more and more prominent in our day-to-day -day lives, from wearables to AI to portable devices. And this, in turn, is changing our work environment and our economy. As well, we've also seen how the factory work environment is falling away. So with these changes, we have to start adapting or changing the way that we educate our children, even the way we think as adults and interact with each other and society, etc. 
As a way to start, Seth Godin recommends something I think is a great idea. So many of the problems and dilemmas that we give to students have a set answer. There is an expected outcome. But he suggests giving students problems, dilemmas that do not have an answer. Do not have an answer. Not just a complicated resolution, but no answer at all. This forces you back to the drawing board again and again. And even though you don't come up with a working solution, we always learn something from the attempt. Even if it doesn't apply now, we can carry it forward to some other situation, even something completely unrelated later. In addition, if students are doing this in a group environment or a team environment, they learn those social skills as well. So Godin highlights the value in being comfortable with being wrong or not having an answer. Too often we think we have to be right or we have to have the answer. We have to know where the answer is at. And it's okay not to know. I mean, after all, that's what keeps us going is the not knowing. That's what science is all about. And I would add that in working in a social type environment, in a group or a team in that way, we learn embarrassment, you know, uh, uh, humiliation maybe, and how to become resilient, how to come back from that, and it, that it's okay to make mistakes. And so then there is less and less humiliation and embarrassment, which makes us stronger moving forward. And on, a, on the whole, we're developing the ability to be creative. We're exercising those muscles. So when I was a kid, I was sort of in the gap. I had cousins who were like four years older than me and four years younger than me. So depending on which group of cousins I played with, you know, that determined sort of how complex the game was. I tend to have the more elaborate games with my younger cousins. And we set up like a mock business and everybody played a role we kind of decide okay who's going to be the boss this time and um our sexist selves always made my female cousin the secretary because we didn't know no better but we would run these whole um you know we had the johnson file we, we didn't know what to do but we were playing like we were running some sort of business that's what we did most often. So fast forward with my sons, um, they do, they are very detailed. So they will create, they do something similar, but they're a little more advanced in that they are, they know it's a store and they're selling something and they will make all of the merchandise and set it all up. I mean, it, 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 it might be a day of setting this whole little scene up. Um, they'll, you know, get into it and take the day, set up the store, build all the merchandise, price everything so that you can walk in for five minutes and shop and then the game's over. But it's the journey though. Like, I like this. <laughs> it's amazing, right? I think the way the education system is set up now to have standardized testing and to have everyone go through the same curriculum in the same way and to regurgitate knowledge that can be looked up 
in a computer or analyzed by a computer or essentially everything will be done by a computer at some point in the future, we are stamping out creativity, imagination, all of those things that we still need and we want. So I think that these types of questions and unanswerable problems to solve are excellent. A brilliant idea. I would love to have some of them myself just to work through. Even though I would know there's no answer, it would be fun. A fun brain teaser or or exercise, if you will. But on the whole, I think we have to reinvent our education system because, because computers are going to be doing just about everything that a lot of us do today. As they get more advanced, there will be things that they can do better than we can. But there are still things that we will always be able to do. Things that we need to be able to do for ourselves and for others. And how we train our children, how we even change the way that we think as adults is going to affect that going forward. So fostering and helping us to learn to be more empathetic if we aren't as empathetic as we could be from the time we're young to be leaders and to be good team members because I think that being a leader also means being a good team member and social interaction, communication, understanding each other, arts, music, curiosity, again, imagination, all of these things are so important. And you may think that some of this is just innate to some people and not to others, but I would argue that that's not necessarily true. Our brains are not st solid state uh, organs. They're constantly changing, adapting, upgrading themselves. And so we can learn and improve upon things that are even instinctual or things that we pick up as babies or children. Okay, okay, Melanie, I'm the queen, just pretend, just pretend, I'm the queen, and then um, you can be in the castle with me, and there's a war coming, but we've got to get the soldiers, and, oh, Georgie, can I be a soldier? Yes, Nicholas, you can be the soldier, just pretend, Vincent, you're the guard, okay? Vincent, Vincent, what are you doing? Stop ringing that bell. No, we don't ring the bell until the people get to the moat. Stop, 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 stop. George, can I be a princess? Yes, you can be the princess, but I'm the queen. Now, the war is coming, so you've got to get the gates ready with the horses. And oh, God, they got, they've got a dragon, Georgie. They're bringing a dragon to the, the castle. Yes, they can bring a dragon to... Vincent, stop ringing the bell. It's not time yet. Oh, okay, Georgie, no more. There is this story I heard that I found so fascinating. Again, it comes from another episode by Seth Godin on his podcast called Akimbo. And it was the Q&A season wrap-up dated uh, May 29th. And it's about six and a half minutes in when he's answering a listener's question. Now, I don't have all of the stats, but the story talks about how there is this guy who is one of the founders of Wired Magazine. Nicholas Necroponte is his name. And he went to Ethiopia, a couple of villages there, and in one of them, he took 
these solar chargers and showed the elders how to use them. And then they left this box full of tablets for the children. Now they didn't tell them anything, didn't tell the adults, the kids, anything about these tablets, just left them in a box that was closed and said nothing. Now the people who lived in this village did not speak a lick of English. They had not seen anything modern, so no signs, no packaging, etc. Okay, a few other details before I go on. This happened in 2012, and Necroponte and his crew would come in at least once a week and uh, swap out the memory cards so that they could see what the kids were doing. Also, they had uh, disengaged the cameras on all of these tablets so they weren't working. Necroponte thought that they would end up playing with the box, but in very short order, they had opened it up, obviously, and found the on-off button for the tablets. It didn't take long before they started to teach themselves to read the ABCs, and they were using, on average, 47 apps per kid. They weren't all playing games, either. They were reading, they were creating, they were doing just about everything you could do with a tablet. And apparently, within five months of first getting these tablets, these kids, we're talking six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, had hacked these Android tablets to turn the cameras on. Not only is this story fascinating in itself, but I love that these kids are inspired to learn just to learn, as most kids are. They're just, they're curious. They want to know more. They're sponges. They just want to soak it all up. They don't need a textbook. They don't need to be told to learn and they don't need to be told to learn in a certain way. Even as adults, when we want to learn something, we don't decide we have to do it in a certain way. And if we do, it's because we've been told that that's how you quote unquote learn. I think that education is extremely valuable and important, but I think we have to to see it and understand that we have been trained, brought up in a system that has formed how we think and how we see the world. It narrows our focus to what we think quote unquote should be rather than what could be. You shouldn't ask that question or you shouldn't question him or her. You shouldn't make that claim because you don't have the credentials. Or that's a silly idea. It won't work when it quite possibly could work if we stopped narrowing our focus to only one strain of thought. Just because this collage of symptoms is not an issue for most people doesn't mean it isn't an issue for that patient. Just because our political system doesn't operate that way doesn't mean it can't be changed or it can't be done a different way. And just because someone told you no or not to question doesn't mean they're right. Throughout this episode, you have heard our stories from when we were children, the things we remember creating, imagining, pretending that were. Here's to those days, to resurrecting the imagination and creativity and bringing it into our lives again today, or to making it more a part of our lives today. And as a final note, if it needs saying, I am not an expert I'm not an expert in anything. I do not claim to be, neither do I have a degree. I am a human just like you. I read things, I ponder things, and I reflect on them. 
putting pieces together, pulling them apart, seeing what seems to make sense and what doesn't, to me anyway. And if you don't agree or you have a different perspective, give me a call, let's have a conversation. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna ask you questions because that's just who I am. I want to understand, I wanna learn, but I'm not just going to believe because you told me so. So let's learn together. Today you traveled down memory lane with myself, Chapeau Claudette of Life is a Hat Party, Jared Forte of Slang Smith Radio, Sunday Bumps and Rhythm and Muse, and Georgie D of Georgie D. I hope you enjoyed these stories, and if nothing else, I hope maybe they brought back a few memories for you as well. Thanks for listening. In today's episode, you heard music by Bortex entitled Last Day of High School from the Free Music Archive under a Creative Commons license. Details can be found in the episode description.